Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, uh, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10, for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. This is a HeadGum Podcast. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your boy, the number one fuck boy. The number one fuck boy. The number one fuck boy. The number one fuck boy, Johnny G. John Gabris. Joining me as always in the High and Mighty studios is my nearly silent co-host, Arthur Gabris. Arthur, shout out. Yeah, that's your boy, Chicho Manfredi right there. Also joining me in the High and Mighty Studios for the first time, uh, longtime friend, longtime compatriot, longtime listener, first time caller slash guest, <laughs> Kate Spencer. Kate, thanks for joining me. Can I just uh, say that watching you do the intro and adds a whole new element to <laughs> listening to you shout "fuck boy" when I listen to podcasts. It's like. A real thing. It's that very aggressive. I yeah. <laughs> turns out. <laughs> yeah, you were like. I was doing the Rollins mic grab, the Henry Rollins like double yes, fist the mic. Yes, that's, that's a good. I got into it from. on this one. Yeah. yeah, but I enjoyed watching it and not just listening to it. Every time I go to do it, I say to myself, "Ooh, you should like do something a little different this time." That could be the thing is that you do it slightly different every time. Then I think I am. And then when I listen back, if I listen back, I'm like, oh, that's what I do every time. It is very, yes, that was very similar to what I've heard previously. But watching you kind of move your body into it, you should just also video record it for any. Yeah, that that would be an amazing sizzle reel if I had like a a hundred, like a montage of me doing that a hundred times. Excuse me. Kate, I'm looking forward to getting into our happy, fun topic. Humorous, (laughs) hilarious. We've done beer vacations harry potter and now dead moms dead moms let's fucking which harry potter has which if you have a dead mom you want to drink a lot of beer and you fucking deserve a vacation (laughs) oh shit i'm just gonna tie it into everything (laughs) so you're familiar with the film commando arnold schwarzenegger is definitely has a dead mom (laughs) for sure listen he's just too old to not have one (laughs) that that is uh like any time i'm looking for an excuse 
for someone's mental issues or aggressive issues, dead mom. Oh, yeah. I could... Or my own issues. <laughs> yeah. It turns out you're the aggressive one. Yes. Oh, very. Conveniently, my mom died, so I can blame everything on that. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, my dad died before we resolved anything so that I could <laughs> constantly. Uh, well, we'll get into that more. But first. Thanks to our parents. <laughs> Thank you, parents. Uh, yes. And uh, in case my mom figures out how to listen to a podcast and starts with this one. Don't worry, mom. This that isn't a predictive be. episode. That would be really funny. She's like, Jonathan, I went to re- listen to you one of your podcasts. And what's this? This is all about. This is all about dead mothers. <laughs> all right. Sorry. Um, all right. So as always, I'm going to read some five star reviews of my podcast. So listeners, shitheads, new people who are tuning in because they like Kate Spencer. Here's the deal. If you rate me five stars and roast me in the comments on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever it's called now, I will read it live not live whatever this is called i'll read it on mic um all right this one is from spunk nut and uh the title is too much johan garbaggio playing off the success of his character jumbo haynes good shout out to uh, bajillion dollar properties invites moderately interesting guests to his apartment so he can shout at them for two hours about how much beer and weed he can consume if you're tired of hearing garbaggio's voice that's too bad since he can't land any other gigs he is literally on every comedy podcast spouting his racist and alt-right viewpoints ad nauseum him and his fuck boys need to go back to jersey and drown in the hudson five stars Wow. <laughs> I mean, you're from Long Island, so that's, fuck and, that guy. And people know that, and that's what they do. They're doing mm, that on purpose. I so, see. So the, the only thing, I'll take whatever shit you want to give me. I'll even take the Jersey joke, but stop calling me alt-right. alt-right. You can continue to call me racist. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. fine. All, only alt-right is an insult. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm a that fuck. was a good one. I liked that one. Yeah, that one was good. Johan Garbaggio is actually like probably going to end up being what I tore as. Johan Garbaggio. <laughs> Uh, here's a good one from the review is called five stars from Jerpow 999 John Garbus isn't great at this <laughs> so simple uh, <laughs> to the point Garbus that is also uh, often when I think your name in my head I think Garbus the, when way back in the day you asked me what my f- you didn't know what my first name was. I thought it was Peter because of Peter Gabriel. Exactly. Which I still sometimes I'm like, it's John. It's John. You were like, is it Peter? I'm like, I think you're thinking that because it sounds like Peter Gabriel. It does sound like Peter Gabriel. For about a year, I thought you were Peter Gabrus. I, I feel like I should have like a linguistics or like uh, alphabet special, a letters expert on here. Because Garb, even though it's written out Gabrus, Gabrus, however you want to phonetically, it's six letters long. It's often not even typed wrong, but it's always read wrong. People always say Garbus. And I wonder <laughs> if it's because there's like some weird disconnect of the B and the R. Probably. The- what is Gabrus? What is that? This is a great question. <laughs> yeah, I've never. That's I should a- have like a fuck. I should do 23 and me. First of all, I need to do. Yes. That. Because the reason and I think I may if I mentioned this in the podcast before, I'm sorry, but my dad's real dad, who's John Gabrus the first. Uh, abandoned him when he was young okay. and my dad wrote him off out of for the rest of his life never saw him again and then my dad my dad's mom remarried and had three so there's three my dad has a brother and a sister each with the last name Gabrus and then they has three brothers uh, with a different last name from, Got the, it. from the new dad so we never knew what like my dad was raised and this is gonna sound like an insane sentence but my dad was raised in like a culturally German house because his stepdad my grandpa Horst Kraling was from <laughs> 
I should have. I'm not sure that's a very normal German name. It's a very normal and German. I am yeah. revealing my horrible Americanness, yeah. but but and he whoa. moved to he moved to America and like uh, learned English and joined the army and stuff. Wow. And that was my dad's stepdad, so he was raised culturally German. So our whole lives we were German from him, and then from Joanne Valentino, my mom. Oh yeah. We were Italian, so we we're like, oh, we're Italian and German. And then one day, Tiffany just like Tiffany kind of pointed it out when we first started dating. She's like. Well, technically, you're not like blood German because that's your dad's stepdad. And I was like, oh. Then, <laughs> and then we asked my dad what his dad was. And he's like, I don't know. So we look. if you look up Gabrus, it's Eastern European. It's like che- like it's oh, Eastern Bloc sort of. Interesting. But it also means group of dudes in the Punjabi language. Well, shut up. I swear, not, God, I swear to God. I swear to God. Gabru, G-A-B-R-U, is like a bro in Punjabi wow. culture. Well, that works. If you look up hashtag Gabrus on Instagram, it's either pictures of me or pictures of like five dudes with like turbans all dressed up like ready to party. That is amazing. And I'm sorry if I'm confusing Sikh or Punjabi because I'm not really sure. But I, I think Punjabi is the language, whatever. But they're dudes in like turbans out going out to the club and stuff like that. And it says like Gabrus party, all this stuff. Yeah. Wow, that's perfect. I know, it makes total sense. I How would... can I be fucking alt-right if my last name means group of Punjabi dudes? <laughs> Take that, spunk nut. <laughs> hey, spunk nut. Spunk Get nut. Get lost. Um, well, that's it for reviews, guys. As always, if you uh, rate me five stars and roast me in the comments, I will read your roast on the air on the... Uh, this is not the air, but you know what this is. That's close. Uh, it's hard not to say stuff like that. You and I both grew up listening to talk radio. You're a big Howard head. Big, yeah, I mean, still. big Stern, Stern Show fan and a lot of N- NPR and a lot of pods. Oh, uh, yeah. I grew up... I think that's why I was so ready for podcasts when it came out because my dad listened to uh, Howard and Opie and Anthony and Mike Ooh. and the Mad Dog every day. My mom was a Stern and Imus fan. My dad listened to Imus too. It was not gross. I mean, that, imagine I'm a, having that shit pumping in your. And my dad worked. He left for work at two p.m. every day, so okay. he was home blasting it all day. He would like work out and do chores around the house with just with just Imus and Imus, Mike and the Mad Dog, which was like a New York. Oh, uh, yeah, I know Mad Dog. Well, yeah. from the impress for Sour Shoes's impression on the Star uh, Show, yeah. which is very good. <laughs> I don't know anything about who you the mean, real Mike Francesca. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, so I, we grew up listening to talk radio, So, and it turns out you yeah. and Tiff have that in common, that you're big stern heads. Yeah, I still listen to Howard all day and all night. That's so like, awesome. Uh, Do you listen I'll, to classic episodes? Or you He's only doing like three a week, yeah, three weeks. Yeah, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, but then Best schedule in the business? He has worked it out well. I mean, I, it took a while. He earned know. it. Yeah, he's, <laughs> what, been working for 40 years or whatever, but yes. Uh, yeah, I will listen to old stuff. Sternthology. I like Sternthology. I like. Um, is it Rashad who keeps? What's his name? Rashawn. Rashawn. Yeah, yeah, who does wrap up? Yeah. I guess he does Sternthology too. Right. Yeah, I we think should he's in just talk. Are we talking only about this? <laughs> I mean, but, if I if I was more confident in my knowledge, that this would be an equally great topic. I would. I, you know. But uh, you don't have a book about Stern. I coming don't. Out. <laughs> and you should. Ha- Jason Manzukis is a really good Stern person. Oh yeah, yeah. we did. Uh, we did that Gary Delabate monologue. Yes, show. that's right. That and really you know fun. what I. To, to bring it to my dead mom. Um, so I used to work at VH1 and I was an on-air host and I would interview a Another ton. Another thing we have in common. That's right. Yes. A ton of celebrities, right? Like I was always at red carpets. I've been to the Oscars. And when people ask like who my favorite interview is, I got to interview Gary at Comic-Con. And it was really emotional for me because my mom and I shared a love of the Stern show. 
And afterwards, I posted about it on my Tumblr. This was in 2012 when I was still tumbling. And he found it and he wrote me a nice email because his um, dad died. And, and he lost his brother, but he wrote me. A, he found it and wrote me a really nice message. Because you wrote about something it. like, uh, yeah. "This was a connection between me and my mom." This was after your mother had passed. It was right? yes, it was after my mom had died. Because I knew you like, when your I knew you sort of when your mom passed away. Because yeah, it was, like, it was two thousand and seven when she died. Yeah, yeah, I was like around the theater at that point. For sure, you were probably you, but, on a Herald team then. Yeah, I yeah. think so. I think I got put on in like oh five or oh six. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's so fucking, but Long. that's uh, so to go back to the yeah. By the by, the way, the fact we that that old. was like eleven years ago is crazy. Hashtag bye Chelsea. <laughs> Sick email. Oh, hey, you guys are inside, allowed to post social media. <laughs> inside UCB references, but our our home theater is closing in New York. And it's sad for everybody. It's so sad. Yeah. I'm glad I did one last ass cat there like last month, but I don't think I'm going to get to do another show there ever again. No, I'm not. Uh, my last show there was in like 2011. Oh. Or maybe, yeah, yeah. Goodbye. I, goodbye. Goodbye, sweet Chelsea. I loved it so much, though. Uh, I'm sorry. So, That's good. You, so you wrote a little post about like... I did, well, because for me, it was like of all... There's so much shit that happened. You know, my mom died in 2007 and so much shit's gone on in my life. And of things, you know, you I want to tell her we were really right. close, but it was you, like up to and including marriage, two kids, all that. Yeah, she missed all of that. Yeah. And but like the one thing I really would have loved to tell her is that I got to meet Gary Delabate. Like she would have really loved that. Oh, that's so you cool. Know, she wouldn't really give a shit about George Clooney, but. Yeah. You know, I got to meet Fafa <laughs> Flow High. And so, and uh, when the Stern Show movie came out, we like went and saw a midnight showing of Private it. Parts? Yeah, we went and saw Private Parts together at the Chestnut Hill Mall Theater in that's, Newton, Massachusetts. That's so awesome. That's funny. Uh, I think about that because I talk about my dad so much on the Action Boys podcast. I do it Rogers and Stanger because it's all action movies. And that's all, that was like our only point of connection growing up was me and my dad both loved like Van Damme and Segala. When, when did your dad die? He died in, I got married in October 2011. He died in June 2011. He oh died God, like he a died couple months. right before your wedding? Yeah, right before my bachelor party. Uh, and it was a heart attack? Uh, no, brain, brain cancer. cancer. That's yeah, right. Yeah. I, I knew that. Okay. Yeah, and your mom was cancer as well, right? Also, the fun party that is cancer. She was pancreatic cancer. That's like the one, that's the one they say is like, if you have that, that's, that's, the one, that's Patrick Swayze. That's Patrick Swayze. That's Michael Landon. Uh, it's the one that is like uncurable, like or it's basically uh, right, like right you're now. fucking doomed. Yeah. yeah, and she knew. My mom knew, probably better than the rest of us. But she was like, very, one, she loved Michael Landon, Star of Bonanza, and Little House on the Prairie, and also I think a show about angels. Uh, possibly. I don't remember. Do you know who I'm talking about, right, is, Michael? I'm, I think I'm getting confused with Patrick Duffy, Pat- from, Duffy from Step by Step. Step by Step. Uh, I think he's still alive. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it, that's she, the cruel part of this world. Patrick Duffy's alive, and you Landon and your what? mom are dead. <laughs> I fucking marvel at this every day, where it's like, who gets to live and who gets to die? It makes no sense. It's really fucked up. Yeah, you just look around and you're like, oh, for real, you fucking got to stay, and my mom. Had to kick it in a really shitty way. I mean, just the... Both of my dad's half-brothers are constantly close to death. Like, my uncle has had, like... He has, like, a titanium throat. Like, he has, like, all... He has, like, throat cancer, lung cancer, this cancer, that... And he keeps surviving. He keeps drinking and he keeps smoking. And then my other uncle is, like, overweight and going through the same shit. And it's, like, my dad was, like, a health nut. He drank. He was an alcoholic, but he... He mostly drank red wine, which I guess is antioxidant. It's good for you. <laughs> you drink two bottles of eight dollar red wine a night. You're that's okay. Wow. Yeah, he was a, a, a legit lush, and uh, 
not like ever like slurring, just repetitive and diarrhea, as my mom would call it, diarrhea in the mouth. You know your father, he has diarrhea in the mouth again. But that's not going to cause brain cancer. No, no, no. I think that was, um, you know, just the shit, you get it. Yeah. You know? And, and then, how long did he live for after he got it? It He like, they gave him six months, then he had surgery and then he lived like another year. But the, the hard part about brain cancer, and we don't, it's not like a pissing contest, but you lose your personality before you die. You yeah. know what I mean? Like my dad, the reason we found out he had brain cancer is like all this, I don't think I've ever really talked about this, but all this fucking crazy ass shit, like he was driving home, he worked in New York City, he drove to and from the city. He like was driving home from New York City, got lost. We couldn't find yeah. him for like a day. His car was on fire in like a McDonald's parking lot in like Queens. And was he just sitting there or did he want Yeah, he was off? just sitting in the car and he was like, oh, I got to get home. And like my uncle was went and found him and was like, John, come on, I'll give you a ride home. He's like, yeah, I, you know, I got to stay here with my car. And he was like, he had just like lost his mind. Yeah. And then he had surgery and he bounced back a little bit and he was like a little bit more with it. And then like he became like, an adult child like an adult baby and how long was he the adult baby for like a couple of months yeah that's really f- hard was, to see your and my mom did it in home hospice i think i've said this on the podcast we've before. talked about this highly recommend not doing that. it was uh, i i'm glad we did and it's what my mom wanted but it was a true fucking nightmare it was so hard I we, we only did it for two weeks two months sounds yeah it was brutal yeah and my mom is a nurse so we had a lot of like she was in charge of a lot of stuff and we were like changing my dad and like, and it's like, you don't need to be doing that shit. It, like, it, and I, I was 30 something when it was, I was like early thirties when it was going down. My youngest brother was like, my, my dad died like a month after my brother graduated college. Yeah, that's Like nuts. he, my dad came to his college graduation in a wheelchair and wasn't talking yeah. or anything like that. Seeing your parents like that is very unsettling. Cause that same thing happened with my mom it was not as long. But Your parents were still together. Right? Yes. They married when they were like 20 and they were still into each other when she like, they were real wackadoos. Freaks. Freaks. <laughs> How dare they love each other so These much. Freaks. No, they were really close. And my brother and I both moved home when she got diagnosed because it was stage four when she was diagnosed and we just knew it was going to be bad. Yeah, you like, might as well be. Yeah. There. You know, most people don't live a year. It's like Vermont or something where you're from? Like you know, New from, Hampshire? I'm from Massachusetts. Massachusetts. But it's all the same. Yeah. It's all, it all blends. Once you leave New York City, to me, it's That's all what all you people from New York. <laughs> don't, oh, Connecticut is part of New England, but shouldn't count. Especially the part near New York. Anyway, where there are Yankees fans. But I digress. Uh, yeah, Yankees. we lived in Boston. We were outside Boston. Oh, okay. So I just moved. I just like quit my job. Did you go to school in one of the other New England states? I did. I went, you to, went school to school in Maine. Maine Bowden, yeah. right? Bates. Oh, come on. Bates? Yes. Is that Bates. the female Bowden? <laughs> Is Bates a sister school or am I just No, no, but that? there are three schools up there filled with identical white people. Yeah, it's like all crunchy. It's right? crunchy, preppy. Yes, that was my, yeah. yeah it's, it's And it's a lot of like the farthest south people come from is like jersey and maryland and there's like <laughs> and those one, are freaks <laughs> yeah i had one friend from texas who was scared of driving near snowbanks she's still one of my best friends <laughs> that's awesome um but yeah yeah so, we so moved you guys home. moved home yeah but hospice but seeing when you're like in your 20s and we all know our parents are gonna die but it feels early to me anyway i was like this isn't supposed to happen for another 30 years right? right like when i'm 40 or 50 my parents will die so i was just not prepared and then to see them deteriorate and then you're doing shit like you know 
giving your mom an enema or like they can't pee on their own or then their mental state goes. It's really... It it's just like it's the, hard. Yeah, it fucks up the order of things in your brain. And uh, and your peers most peers don't get it, right? Like most people I knew had not been through it. I, I would say like the thing that happened to me after I went through it was I didn't have patience for people upset that their grandparents or pets were dying. And yeah. I have been since upset about grand like I didn't have any living grandpa my dad died. All four of my grandparents died before my dad died. Okay. So like uh I have now I have, and we don't really talk to my dad's side of the family. Right. So I have like a mom and an aunt now. Okay. Um, but I remember being like, someone was like, really like my 85 year old grandpa just went to the hospital. And I was like, that's what's supposed to happen. <laughs> I like, <laughs> yeah. that's all I could think in my head was like, fucking count your blessings. He has 30 more years than my dad did. Yeah. You know? No, I, I, um, my mom's my my mom got cancer. All four of my grandparents were alive. My mom's mom died six weeks before my mom died. Shit! You just reminded me that my grandpa actually was sick and then died a couple of months after my dad because he came to my wedding and then had to leave early. Oh, I just remember that my last living grandparent. Oh fuck! The yeah. German? No, this was Papa Jimmy Valentino. Oh shit! Uh, from Queens. Oh my god! <laughs> from Florence into Queens. Oh. Uh, he carried a comb with him until he was eighty. Of course, combed he his did. hair every day. He look, He's a fuck. He he has the most insane manner. I I should do an episode about uh, Jimmy Valentino. He'd always be like, hey, you know, they gave it to me on the arm. He was like old school, like mafia Italian, yeah. but worked in TV. Was a freight elevator operator for uh, that sounds about a union right. job for uh, <laughs> Fox. I, I'm a quarter Italian American <laughs> on my dad's side, and it's and you have like that one grandparent. Well, no, mine was a, mine was my grandma, and she uh, she was not like like that. They weren't. Ma- I don't think they were like well connected enough to be mafia. Italians. I don't think he was mafia either, but he only spoke like that. And yes. always, and whenever he would talk about someone who was, he would put his finger on the side of his nose, and he'd be talking to my dad. He's like, "Well, you know what they say about Enzo." He's got one of these, you know, and it's like, he's crooked. (laughs) The only thing my grandmother knew how to say in Italian, because she purposely didn't learn it, was ugly face. And she (laughs) thought it was a term of affection until my uncle told her it wasn't, because that's what her mom used to call her. It was like, like, ferme bruta or something, is what she called my daughter. And my uncle was like, you know that means, like, busted face? (laughs) She was like, that's what my mom used to say. Oh, that's rough. Italians are, they're hardened people, as Italian-Americans. Yeah, there's something about, like, they... There's also like they believe, they still believe themselves to be persecuted. That was such a theme with my grandma. Yeah. Because (laughs) she was, um, yeah, yeah. She really thought that the uh, people were. Yeah. My grandpa was like. Which uh, I think she saw her parents experience. But like by the time we rolled around, like we are fully assimilated. Didn't have the heart when I was like 14 to say to my grandpa. I think black people have a worse. Yeah, no, they don't think so. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) Or at least, hey, can you see your attitudes towards black people are probably the attitudes you faced when you moved here? Like, do you not see this cycle of abuse? I don't think most of we could get into the (laughs) let's get back to (laughs) larger cultural implications of that because I don't think many Americans do. No, (laughs) let's get back to. we almost got off topic to something fun like uh, racial persecution. <laughs> like racial persecution. So let's get back, back to, to dead parents. Yeah, oh, uh, good topic. Good topic. Yeah. Um, what? Here's something I, I want. I always I'm interested in with this. The uh, you don't realize how much your parents were helping each other. Were helping you deal. Like, how do I phrase this? I didn't realize how much my dad was 
helping my mom not annoy us. Like she, she's yes. now completely unchecked and I didn't realize how much work he must have been doing behind the scenes or I yeah. like it. Fu- it fucks up the dynamic. Yeah. I, I, so well, the reason we're talking about this, I wrote a book about dead moms. Right? Yeah. When does it hit us? Uh, it comes out November 21st. It's called the dead moms club, but yeah. anyone can read it. Get on it. Get on my book. But I talk about that because it throws everything off so much. And, and yes, the unchecknessness of my dad was fascinating. It was like, oh, I had no idea you couldn't care for yourself. That right, my mom was essentially doing everything for him and not in a bad way. Like he worked a full time job and and was, you know, really successful. She w- did not work. But he just he like the adjustments that he had to make in his life were huge and then I heard about them for the first time like she, I had never knew that this was their right dynamic. that's the same thing my, my dad did everything in the family all the cleaning and cooking yeah. and all that stuff but also worked my mom worked full-time too and when my dad passed it, like I just I had no idea how little my mom was capable of doing things you know yeah. like I always knew she was kind of like flitty is not the word but like ditzy and like oh carefree or whatever but i didn't realize how much she just didn't know how to do so like what, our house is like going home I, she listens to this we're, we're gonna have to have a serious conversation with her but um our, like our, going home to my childhood home is like gross now because it's just she's isn't cleaning it up it's not taking care of i mean we have a cleaning lady she yeah. has a cleaning lady she has all like the upper middle class bullshit but it's still like you go down the laundry room and it's like tons of laundry my mom refuses to throw she became and apparently this happens a lot with like a partner's death she became sort of a hoarder this is so interesting to me yeah yeah so apparently like she doesn't want to throw anything out because every every single thing from this house is like a a, a puzzle piece in the memory of my father and she's not remarried and she's not remarried. does she date she does not she interested i don't think so she has like i don't uh She's like, never, we asked her and she's like, no, she, my mom's overweight and like has a bunch of friends and does a lot of, she has like a full blown social calendar. I'm sure. Yeah. She's like going, traveling all the time, you know, like the way a Long Island woman travels. Like we go to the Bahamas, we come back, we go down to Florida, we're going to Charlotte, going to spa weekend in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Like that's the kind of shit my mom does. (laughs) She's like, have you ever been to Charleston? We're going to go down to Charleston. I was like, have fun, Joanne. But if, if my dad had been the one who, who died. I don't think my mom would have remarried. She had had the same network of friends. She would have been very happy. My dad is remarried. Oh. Um, How was that, the dating stuff? It's been a while now. It was awkward. He remarried. I mean, he didn't remarry, but he started dating not too long after my mom died. And my stepmom, I I really like. I was very relieved that she had no children. And also that she wasn't like 30, so she's not going to, they're not going to have children together. You know, she's old, not older, but she's younger than my dad, but she's great. She's age appropriate. She, yes, it didn't leave me feeling icky. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But it, but I think he, I don't think he could have functioned without a partner. I think he really likes having someone with him. I think that happens for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, I think that happens for. And uh, I feel like it happens more for men than women. Yeah. I think you might be right. That makes that makes sense to me. Yeah, because my dad, my mom was like my dad's best friend, but my mom had a million other best friends. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But he kind of only. My had- dad wasn't very social. Like he had a couple of like work buddies, but yeah. he'd rather just like work on the house. Yeah. And if my mom died, I, my dad would be like, 
you know, like just dive into his work and we would never see him again. <laughs> oh, or interesting. Like that. Okay. I, it would be my guess. Um, it's, it's just so crazy how that dynamic shifts, right? It's like, bizarre. Yeah. Also, I, did you have any like sibling? I have uh, a younger brother. Did now did that dyna- dynamic shift at all? We're still, we're really close, but it was, it was more like, um, and this is a thing that I talk about that stood out to me was like, well, now there's only one woman who's me. Uh, there's one parent. And then my brother is an introvert. My, he and my mom were really similar. They were both introverted. They both really got each other. And my dad and I are like needy, talkative, <laughs> clingy, like, you know, anxious. And my brother and my mom were just exactly the same. So I think he felt, I don't want to like project, project yeah. but I think... What I like, he felt now his person who got him in the family was gone and he was right. just surrounded by these two annoying, like, let's talk about it types. Yeah. And so we were all just missing a person who got us. You know what I mean? We had yeah. to like relearn that. That was a little something that I had, even though I didn't have a great relationship with my dad because he was cold and kind of mostly a pain in the ass. And I moved out as soon as I could and all that. Um, and he wasn't around much cause he worked yeah. three to 11 my whole life. So what did he do? He worked at Fox five as a stagehand. Oh wow. Uh, yeah. For the 10 o'clock news, um, in New York. He, the thing was though, he did, he's maybe the only person in my family and I didn't know about, I didn't realize this until he passed away that kind of understood my career or like at least the choices. And because he was a fan of movies and TV and read the paper every day and yeah. all that shit. Um, he, he, I, I think I always talk about this dude. My dad worked with this dude named Chris Murphy, who was like, I can't even explain it, but he's like a character from like an eight. He's like, he he's like a character from like when Harry met Sally. He's like this giant dude with Sally, Jesse Raphael glasses. He's like six foot six. <laughs> he's like got a, he had like a Japanese, he lived in the West village and he had a Japanese wife and they like uh, had Japanese like tea, like they had tea ceremonies every day. Oh, and great. He, he was like, a, he knew everything about every movie and I would go and I was like, my, I would go to work with my dad like once a month and, and get union rates like helping out. Well, he like, would go work? Yeah, I would go legit work <laughs> and make like 200 bucks a night. That's great. And I would go and he would just be like, John, to me, Johnny, have you seen this movie? And I'd be like, yes. And, he, and we would just, I would like rattle. And I was like, my dad kind of was in that world too, like mm-hmm. the pop culture world. So I remember one time I was like, yeah, I did this thing. It's not a big deal. but the, And he's like, but it's one of those things where like, it was good that you met other people. I was like, yes, yes. And now whenever I tell my mom about something I'm doing, she's like, and are you flying yourself there? No. Do they pay for the flight? Yeah. Do you, you have to pay for cabs? No. Do you have to pay for food? Yes. They don't give you food budget? You know, it's like, Joanne, this she is misses, not what this is about. Yeah. yeah. Need to get the perfect picture for that blog post, the ultimate image for that Instagram meme. Want your tweet to go viral? Maybe it needs a stock picture. Well, I'll tell you what, Storyblocks is a great new service for all that. Um, look, it's subscription-based and unlimited downloads. So Storyblocks is the first and only stock media company offering unlimited free downloads of mem- member library content. Woo! Then you get a marketplace where you can buy some extra stuff that isn't there, but the annual fee is only $150. You can join the member library and you have access to thousands upon thousands upon thousands of pictures. Um, do yourself a favor and get yourself over to storyblocks.com slash mighty to try it for seven days. That's storyblocks, S-T-O-R-Y-B-L-O-C-K-S dot com slash mighty to download anything from the 400,000 images and unlock discounts on a million more. Storyblocks 
Fox.com slash Mighty. You uh, Royalty-free content for commercial and personal projects. Uh, new images are added regularly. Download all the stock your heart desires. Member library. 400,000 photos, vectors, textures, icons. Whatever you may need, they will have it. Storyblocks.com slash Mighty. Does that make you feel sad that your dad hasn't seen your like creative career? Because yeah, that's a bummer. I, I think he would like a lot yeah. of the stuff. Yeah, and you would end. He, he was like secretly proud it. of me. He would never yeah. have. He would never have let me know that. God forbid, because that would have given me confidence <laughs> or some sort love? of connection. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like after the fact, they'd be like, you know, like at my dad's funeral, I'd be like, your dad always said you were very funny and you were going to make it. And I was like, you know, the fucking guy could have told me. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's it's that weird feeling of like unfinished business. Yeah, I know it's like come back to life for like two days, and yeah. let's just it's going to be mostly business. <laughs> like, you know, like, <laughs> like it's so out. sad. Like if if my dad was alive, what would you talk to him about? I, I want just hash out like three problems. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think about that. Like she, my mom and I had a really good relationship, so I don't I don't feel like there was anything left unsaid or that I didn't feel. Like I knew how she felt about me, that sort of thing. But it's like, oh, I have all this shit now I could show you that I did. You right. died when I was a, not a loser, but like I was flailing. I had no idea what I was doing in my life. I could barely, I was in credit card debt. Yeah. And like now I'm kind of okay. And like you never, you Yeah, know. and now we're not even, we're, we're and we're talking so, we're not even talking about the fact that you have your own family now that like. Yeah. Like a grandma. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, for sure. I think about that a lot. Yeah, Tiff's dad just died yeah. this summer too. So we're in a situation where, it, uh, when we have kids, we're, we're you know we want to no grandpas. Like Tiff's yeah. Tiff's mom is uh, married because they got divorced before Tiff's dad okay. died. So she's remarried to this great great guy, awesome dude. But like he's gonna be our kids' grandpa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, both my kids have have grandmothers who are the our step. My husband's my husband's mom is also dead. So, oh wow, yeah, I think she, I didn't know that. Um, my Anthony, my husband, his mom died in like 2002. Anthony so, King, Anthony guest King, on maybe episode 16, the one with Will Hines talking oh, about in, deep improv? cuts about improv. Yeah. <laughs> sounds, sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so he, so we both have, um, they're not our real moms, but they're great grandmothers. Yeah. And it's, you know, they, my kids are like kind of aware that these other women existed. But for all intents and purposes, these are their grandmas yeah. and they love them and it's That's great. great. Yeah, it's That's great. But great. it is. But you always know, you know, I always in the back of my brain, I'm just like, oh, what would my mom have been like with these kids? And I see bits of her and my kids. And that's just, you know, if you yeah. want to get weepy about something, that's where I go when yeah. I'm in the mood to cry and feel angry all yeah. the time. My mom's mom died when I was like young before even my youngest brother was born. And that's all my mom always talked about was like, I wish grandma would have seen you guys. Yeah. Because she like loved us, she, you know. Um, yeah, wait, wait. Uh, I don't want to get teary, but is there anything that you find yourself doing or as a parent now where you're like, holy shit, I'm channeling my mom. Well, someone just asked me this yesterday. I was on another podcast with what? my astrologer. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Cut the tape. <laughs> <laughs> this topic is over. Uh, well, I, you, what is terrifying that I have found as I get older is I can hear like, I, and I fucking say the same phrases. I yell at my kids the same way. Uh, it, like just, I do the same annoying shit that it's like burned. You ever me. get shit from your kids 
that is the same shit you gave your mom oh, as a kid? Already or, it's starting and they are going to hate me so much because my <laughs> mom and I were we were like best friends. But from the age of like 11 to 20, it was really rough. Yeah. We fought really intensely. I don't want to speak on Tiff's behalf too much, but I think that's a little bit of what she had. And it's because her and her mom were so similar and now they're like yeah, best friends exactly but they fight like they're like sisters but more than they are like mom and yeah, daughter. We, yeah we were really i think my mom and i knew how to push each other's buttons probably <laughs> no i i and now your girls are kind of doing the oh same oh my god oh my fucking god i'm so screwed <laughs> but yeah i mean i go in and sometimes i like my mom used to come into my room and sing like morning has broken to wake me up like she would fuck with me in that way and now i do that to my kids all the time and i'm just like i hated this shit but you you i can feel it coming out it's just like your parents b- burn they all their shit onto you and then you can't stop it it just when you have kids you just become them in a lot of ways right it's terrifying because then you like and not and again not to get too into it but then you see oh. how like abuse doesn't stop <laughs> you know what i mean I like mean, also i beat my kids. <laughs> i was gonna say like the yeah, positive you shit do. you steal you get from your mom it's like imagine shit was very fucked up for yeah you. i mean like, it's so hard this stuff is it's imprinted on you yeah just like my my parents were not affectionate with each other okay. at all so like i didn't even know about that as like a relationship dynamic. so then how do you change that because i think my dad raised me differently than he was raised and and i my my dad raised me like a quarter of the way like my dad was in a a very abusive household yeah and uh we i was in a minorly abusive household, (laughs) like way better than what he got physical physical abuse he got like for for real bad physical abuse from his stepdad his whole Mm. life uh i got like verbal and you know smacked but not like beat but like my dad would come into the room if he had three boys it's like i'm now i'm just like the uh, i'm Totally Stockholm Syndrome. I'm like, he had three boys. You know how hard that is? Just smacked, not beaten. Yeah, he would like walk into the room and be like, whack, 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 everyone, shut up. And then leave. And he would be like, (laughs) And then he would leave in the door show and be like, fuck you, fuck you. Me and my brothers like crying, holding our arms and our butts. Going like, fuck you, man. (laughs) But you don't, I mean, I would never assume that that's how you're going to parent. Yeah, I don't think so either. I mean, I feel like we also have the ability to inherently know that that's wrong. Yeah, it and helps. Actually, sometimes something having having something that's so easily pinpointed as wrong. Is yeah, like, like you can. That is so obviously wrong. Yeah. I can't ever, like, but then there's like the minor shit, like singing "The Morning Is Broken." Yeah, I mean, like, I was not abused, <laughs> right? uh, but that is like annoying, and that's something you did, like you dealt with, and now you you're just, doing even it again. Like dumb jokes, like when my daughter picks her ass, I say the shit my mom used to say which was are you going to the movies because you're picking your seat she used to make that joke once a day because i literally pick my ass once a day and now it just like all that dumb hack stuff comes out oh, yeah my dad's big joke was uh if we were ever uh, like being problematic or acting bad he would go you like hospital food <laughs> or I hope you uh, scary. I hope your mother has a black dress for your funeral. Oh my god, like, that's the kind of shit he would that's say. That's terrifying. His big quote was, "Do you want something to cry about?" <laughs> and anytime one of us oh, would cry, oh my yeah, god, that was the biggest, the scariest one. So then, how do you? Uh, it's it's interesting. Like, your what do you think your relationship with your dad would be like now? It would be so distant. Yeah, like just moving out to California, like. I lived in Brooklyn uh, for a few years before he passed away, and you know I saw him every once in a while or whatever. But like we like 
we wouldn't like get on the phone yeah. and catch up or anything like that. I can I couldn't even begin to imagine. I kind of saw it a little bit with like Tiff's dad didn't really leave the house all too mm. much. Like, I mean, he worked and stuff like that, but he didn't like leave his comfort zone all too much. My dad was kind of like that too. I couldn't picture my dad like coming out to California right. frequently. Right. You know what I mean? But I, I think it, it, my mom's only been out here once since I moved out here because she has some fear of flying, quote unquote. She t- goes on cruises to Charleston. She, she'll fly anywhere if it's under four hours. Okay. After four okay. hours, I get scared. Oh my God, seems weird. That's scared. like the exact, uh, that's like the exact LAX yeah, cut off. How convenient. I'm like, oh, cool. Have a layover in Dallas yeah. <laughs> and just come. You can figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> I've come home and now you're going to get me started on something I have issues. I've, I've been home 50 times since I moved out. Yeah. Here. Yeah. <laughs> Parents that, are tricky. Like it gets hard when they get, yeah. especially when they get older and really set in their ways. Right. And then it's also like, I don't care if you don't come out. But you can't give me shit for not coming home all the time. No. And we just, this year, booked a non, uh, we're not going home for Christmas. It's it's a, the sweetest experience to not travel over Christmas. Uh, we're traveling. Oh, where oh, are you going? Paris and Barcelona. Oh, yes. Yeah, fuck it, dude. We just like, we, we've had a crazy year. You know, Tiff's dad died. And we were yeah. like, fuck this. Let's get out of here. No, that sounds great. Yeah. I mean, that's like the nice, also the nice thing about becoming um, an independent adult with means is that you don't have to you're not beholden to them it's it was i got that so early in my life because like like we all kind of once you found ucb you were like i gotta get to the city people are hanging out because i i lived within an hour of the city growing up and i'm like once i started hanging out in the city i'm like fuck long island railroad i gotta be in like brooklyn and i gotta be out till four in the morning three nights a week this is the life (laughs) right didn't you like didn't you say like i was like upset that i lived with my parents still because i'm like i'd rather live like shit on my own just based on the peers i was making at ucb i was like what you live in the smallest apartment in the east village that's hysterical let's go hang out oh my god when i met or right before i met anthony one of his roommates was literally living in a crawl space in their apartment like they had a kind of an like a harry potter closet and that's where his friend was living like people we, we didn't like lived... dippled and moses have like that famous east village apartment oh, that too, apartment where, was so you, like, weird uh walked in the bedroom door and the only thing in the room was a bed and it filled like there was up also to the walls. no living room if i remember correctly she had a kitchen it was a really tiny east village <laughs> yeah. apartment that katie had yeah, yeah. then i think jesse cantrell lived there and then made a web series about it Possibly? Sold a Comedy Central pilot called Tiny Apartment. Oh, good for her. Congratulations. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ten years late. <laughs> wow, yeah. <laughs> um, What's some, like, here's a crazy something we thought the other day. I was, like, not feeling well. I've been sick this last two weeks. And I just had, like, this random thought where I was like, Tiff, both of our dads have died in less than 20 years from now for us. You know what I mean? Like, they both yeah. died before 55 Tiff and I are 35. Tiff's dad was younger than 55? He may, maybe he maybe was almost he was. 60. Maybe he was yeah, a little bit older. But that's still really young. But she, they had, no, yeah, right, because she's 35. He was maybe 60, because her, her, uh, her parents had her particularly young. Okay. And uh, I was like, we can't die in 20 years. No, I think We don't even is. have kids yet. Yeah. And we want to. I can't die. If we had, if I knocked her up tonight and we had a kid, and we died in 20 years, the kid would be like 19. Yeah, I, I think about, I I, I kind of had kids, or we had kids a little earlier than our 
peer group. Yeah. We were one of the first people for that we like knew. for the city for the, for the city broke comedy. Yeah, cultures. for like yeah. for New York, for even my college friends, and then for like the comedy world. I was thirty, I think, when I had my first or thirty one when my I got had my first kid. But I was just like, I got to fucking. I think you were the first like pregnant friend, right? I think one like, of them. Yeah. yeah, and and I just felt like I had to do it because my mom died she got cancer at 56 and died at 57 yeah and that's not that long from now like i'm 38 and i think about that all the all the time where i'm like well like what is my what is how am i going to feel when i turn if i make it to 56 and it's like that the death year you know what i mean where you make it to your parents death year yeah it's crazy and i have friends whose parents died even young you know like 38 or 39 and that's just such a fucking that that should that should twist me even more i was 30 when i had to deal with my dad's death then uh uh, or 29 or whatever then you hear about people who were 14 when they're like yeah it's awful i have like i'm gonna leave names out of this but i have a close friend who's parents died both while she was in high school like eight months apart Jesus. Oh, uh, two completely different reasons two completely different circumstances and it's like holy shit yeah oh i couldn't even imagine that like no. that sounds i'm sure i know and that's the other thing too is like we're sitting here saying like our parents living to 50 something is a blessing to a lot of other it people. is yeah. it so is yeah well and the other thing i i that i helped that gain, i gained perspective after my mom died was i i knew friends whose parents had died in high school and I had zero way of empathizing or sympathizing. I had just never lost any, there's no way to even wrap your head I know, around I was that. like, Oh, that's like my, my best friend Sanford who's shouted out on this podcast a lot. His dad died while we were in college and I was like, Oh man, this is a bummer, huh? Crazy. Right. Right. You just don't know. Well, you also to. don't even have like a dynamic with your friend's parents that much either. So you're just like, oh, they're gone. That's something I hear you talk about. Yeah. But then it happens to you and you're like, I can't believe you went through this when you were 20. That's how I, that's how I felt was I then after my mom died, l- looked at everyone I knew who had been through this much younger than me and was like, I don't know how you survived that. Yeah. And I'm sorry if I was not cool. Yeah. Or more helpful. Because it's so isolated. I felt really alone when my mom got sick and died. Because I didn't really know many people who had who had been through that. I right. still don't. I still don't have... It's starting to happen more. But And I've made friends with people whose parents have died. But yeah. like, a lot of my friends have both their parents, you know? And, and, and so... To deal with that when you're a fucking kid, it's just got to be the most isolating experience in the world. I went on my, yeah, fuck. I went on my bachelor party with five other guys, my two brothers and my three best friends. Okay. Um, this was a month after my dad or two months after my Must dad died. Must have been died. festive. So it was. We went to Germany and so we oh, were you like, did. and was like, fuck it. We're just spent. We, I think we booked it when my dad died. We were like, fuck it. Let's go to Germany. Let's make a deal. We do huge. Uh, I'll get into more stuff in a second, but. When we got there, we realized my two best friends, uh, Justin Tyler uh, and this aforementioned Sanford, mm-hmm. both of their dads had died before mine. So there was only one guy in the only trip one with the dad. guy, <laughs> yeah. And we were like, we kept making these jokes like the dead dads, and then we would like, uh, Pat, put your beer down. <laughs> yeah, you don't, you don't get to participate. <laughs> I'm sorry, Pat. your dad's alive. We don't want to hear it. And he'd be like, Come on, please, like joking around. But it was like one of those moments. And then Jason. One day I was uh, my youngest brother mm. Jason. I went home. I was home hanging out. They were smoking weed on the back uh, deck. I come like out to do. hang out with him, and, and he goes, "John, John, look around this table." My brother is seven years younger than me. He's like, "Look around this table. T- find out what we have in common." Ugh. And I was like, 
this kid's dad died in 9-11. This uh. kid's dad died like a couple a year before my holy shit. Are, do we all have dead dads? And it was like, we didn't even realize that there was eight guys hanging out in the backyard, all with dead dads. Wow. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, that is intense. And it's weird how it happens. Or or maybe is it like chicken egg, like a group of guys whose dads died, they find themselves hanging out with each other more. Because... Yeah, then you're like, what? what is the thing about us? <laughs> yeah. What do we have in common? I mean, we both love Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> but... But also, yeah. and then you can go through like, I mean, this sounds really fucked up, but there's also the scale I find of like the wor- like the wor- the scale of worst deaths. Yeah. I mean, because you just mentioned a 9-11 dad, like that's worse than my cancer mom. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, and it's hard to tell, like, is it? Who knows? Like, it's all bad. It's I all like bad. A, a public tragedy. The second you start is, getting into measuring trauma, it's is crazy. Like, yeah. But I think I do. Uh, it is something I think about because, like, when I wrote my when I wrote my book, you know, I'm writing from the perspective of someone who lost a mom from cancer. I have no idea what it's like to one day have a perfectly healthy parent and the next day have them die in a car accident or have a heart attack and keel over, you know, and that right. is There's something fucking, about being able to prepare yourself. There was some level of like knowing it was coming. I, the the right. the that that in a in a moment kind of death is just so It seems unimaginable to me. And maybe, you know, but also having someone like slowly deteriorate of a chronic illness, also terrible. There's no winner right. in it, yeah. best death. There's, yeah. But it's but it is interesting to just think about. We should do an episode where we just rank, get a bunch of people who's dead had parents. Uh, de- dead parents or sick others d- die, sit, sit around and we just hash out like we argue over who's was more. Yeah, we line, then we line up an order of best to worst. And then kill ourselves. <laughs> well, we did it. Guys. We figured it out. Yep. Life sucks. Turns out, <laughs> poof, oh no, because <laughs> it is all it is all terrible. It's all terrible, and people die. That sucks. People yeah. dying before they're supposed to is very hard. And then, like, it really points to your own mortality. Yeah, I I really grapple with that a lot. Like with my kids, I you find yourself being way healthier since. Uh, I like comes and goes. Yeah, a weird thing that happened was so my mom had pancreatic cancer uh, and within the eight five to eight years after she died both our across the street neighbors also died of pancreatic cancer your childhood neighbors childhood neighbors so it was so there are three like a triangle of houses one from each house died of pancreatic cancer two men and then my mom so that was spooky and probably just a coincidence but there you know my mom was super healthy um, she had none of the kind of markers. For yeah, it. that for yeah. pancreatic. So not that there are any. You just it's kind of a fluke, but um, it makes you think about like the fact that we wash our dishes in like toxic soap. Yeah, well, but, it makes you also think about like both of our parents died from something that had nothing to do with their health. Nothing. Uh, so it's almost like. Do you you can swing either way where you could say like I'm going to be super healthy because yeah. I want to live long or you're going to say I'm going to jam as much life as I can into in case I in case I'm walking down the street and a fucking air conditioner falls out of a building and I mean this knocks is the, your fucking head off. This is the crapshoot that you could be vegan because you don't want to eat red meat which causes heart disease and then someone could run you over. I mean it's just right. a cow could just stampede you. Yeah, that's how <laughs> the I irony is like a cow <laughs> crushes your head uh, with a hoof. At least it's hilarious. <laughs> this I, will be a good story. My grandfather uh, lived until he was like 91. He outlived my mom. 
Uh, and he had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma at one point in his life and smoked his pipe through the whole through his whole chemo treatment. And then he finally quit smoking when he was like 80 something. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, what what can you do? What my, can you do? My big thing was uh, and I um, my dad didn't read books. Cause he, I didn't, I don't have the time. I gotta go to work. I gotta read the paper. Mm. I gotta know what's going on. So he had this bookshelf. People would give him books. My dad was a like, he had a GED, but he was very smart. Yeah. He was like, uh, like he dropped out of. He was a high school dropout, but he was like very smart, very well read, knew a lot about the world, and he never read a book but he had all these books saved up all these Yankees like my dad was a Yankees mm. and Giants fan sorry that's okay I'll <laughs> let your dead dad have that <laughs> we'll hold it against him well yeah he's not missing much with either the Yankees or the Giants right no. oh the Yankees were they excited. did okay uh, Aaron my, my dad would love Aaron Judge my dad oh. uh, <laughs> loves any like giant wh- I mean Aaron Judge isn't white but <laughs> any giant white guy who succeeds in sports my dad really dug probably uh, <laughs> a holdover of some racism yeah a little tinge <laughs> but he had this bookshelf full of books and he's like one day when I'm retired I'm gonna just sit Mm. on the beach and read all these books and that sticks with me so hard of like fuck what are you waiting for yeah oh that like it's like so crazy to imagine like because I do hear myself saying stuff like that I'm like well you know we'll be able to travel way more once we're older and you know yeah and it's like can you what if you don't live? I think Anthony's parents were planning a, like a cruise or they were planning a trip, I think, when his mom passed away. Oh. And yeah, I think about that a lot because like his dad had just retired and then his mom died. And it's and, you know, you had waited. Your wait dad's this- it, he's just I, I'm projecting again, obviously, but just setting up for this like new part of his life. Yeah. Where it's like we're retired. Let's what are we going to do? And then and then, dink. yeah, this oh. is this is Anthony's dad. Yeah. Uh yeah, and so that I think about that a lot of like there's no you just have to do it now if you can. You know, if you my, have uh, the ability. My mom always talks about, you know, she's always like, We had these plans. We had all these plans. And I was like, Oh my God, right. Yeah. And fuck, dude. What's the expression? If you want to make God laugh, make plans. Oh um, yeah, I mean yeah. I don't know, but that sounds I think about that's right. an expression something like that. I'm like now I'm I'm just reading throw pillows from my aunt's house. <laughs> that's <or whatever>. beautiful. <laughs> but I think it is like if you want to make God laugh, make a plan. Yeah, because like, they will he'll because he's like, Don't bother. No, Shit, I, anything can happen at any moment. I think that's so true. I mean, now have we traveled to Japan with my children like I want to do? No, because that sounds like a fucking that nightmare sounds insane. that will yeah. cost a million dollars. But I but there is that But also at the same time, what are you saving money for? College. Right. Right. That's it's a little. I guess it's a little yeah. different once you have kids. But I'm saying like, I know why are you hoarding you, all this money when you could go at any time? Right. Yeah. Not not that you're sitting on like fucking piles of cash. <laughs> you got that Scrooge McDuck room, which I, I think do. was a waste. Of, <laughs> no, I think it's really having a negative effect on your child's view of money. <laughs> so? I think my kids are gonna be assholes. I think your kids might grow up to be a little obnoxious because you have that one room but in your house slide, that's filled with money. They slide down gold coins, so it's fine. Uh, to be fair, yeah, that sort of uh, that actually make might make them fit in in a lot that's of LA true. schools. Oh my god, um, that's another show. <laughs> this town. Um, but at the same time, it's like you're like, oh, I'll go to Japan with my daughters when they're in their twenties, right? And then. I God mean, forbid, right? No, my mom was my mom was doing this thing where she was going to every presidential library. And I think she had only been to like three, but I was gonna try to do one with her. And then uh-huh. she got sick and then it was like we don't she can't go like she couldn't eat solid food once they found right. the tumor and, and, and so it was like, well, all that shit I had wanted to do with her 
is just gone. You know, it's just gone. And that is um It seems like a fun kind of a it seems like punch. a fun tribute if you go to fucking I've thought about it, but you know what? I, clearly It's also not that exciting. No, there's a Ronald Reagan library 45 minutes from here and I have not gone in the 6 years I've lived here. So I'm a terrible daughter. But you know, like there is my my brother's fiance and her dad go to are going to every ballpark in America. See, that's Isn't awesome. Isn't that cute? And they've done it. They've like actually successfully done all, almost oh. all of them. I will say the one positive thing that happened, the one positive, of course, my life has been rather good, but um, my mom never really flew. I never I never flew with, with my family, only with like a friend a couple of times until I was like t- 20. My mom got over, she took fear of flying classes, oh. got over it. And we started flying, but she still couldn't fly that far. Right, four hours. Four hours. Now, this was back when it was like three was the ideal. Okay. And we are a beach family, so we start. We just went to every Caribbean island. Oh, that's cool. Like Thanksgiving and February, those two college breaks. I mean, I was living in Brooklyn at like 23, and my mom be like, we're going to go to Aruba for uh, and <laughs> Thanksgiving. I'm like, I'm going to come. <laughs> and like Tiffany is like, how am I not getting invited on these family vacations? <laughs> I was like, look, sorry. I'm sorry, but I'm going. <laughs> and we got to go away to like, we literally, and this was in the, you know, six five or six years before my dad passed in this time we went to aruba bahamas twice puerto rico twice mexico once dominican republic um we uh and like a lot of times with like a layover in georgia you know what i mean like we're flying two 90 minute flights because that's the only thing my mom could handle and we did so much of that that I'm like, I have that for the rest of my life thank god yeah yeah i mean and you know i had a really like it's terrible that my mom died and I hate it and it changed my life, but I had a really awesome mom. So I feel like I at least got a great mom for 27 years rather than a, uh, yeah. Well, what's the point of having a shitty mom for 50? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) a lot of people are dealing with parents who are terrible. So, you know, that's the silver lining for me, I guess. I, I, I say this joke a lot in my, like, I always say something to the effect of like, well, if you have dad issues, one way to like, not have to ever really deal with them is to have them pass away. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like convenient. my dad was uh, kind of annoying. We didn't get along that well. We uh, butted heads on a lot of things. Uh, and then he passed away and I'm like, Oh, <laughs> were you bummed. sad? Were you sad? I was, I was sad. I was, I was really sad, but I was more like, I don't know how to explain this. I feel like I was sad for like, I knew what it meant more than like my day to day life. Wasn't going to change yeah. almost at all. You know what I mean? And that's like not something you want to even realize is like, oh, shit. right. They weren't that much a part of my life. Yeah. yeah. And then it's like kind of a bummer. And then it's like, oh, now my mom is sadder and harder to deal with. Oh, and going to like sibling dynamics, things change amongst my siblings because I was the one I was living in Brooklyn. And you have two brothers. I have two younger brothers. One was super young and uh, yeah. he, he went he went through. It took him the hardest. It like I'm reset sure. him maturation wise. Um but my middle brother like kind of just like slipped into the dad role. Oh, that's fascinating. And so cuz he lives he still lives on Long Island. He okay. still lives near my mom and now he's so much like my dad, more so than he's ever been in his life. He was always excuse me, a little bit like my dad, but in like the last 4 or 5, I mean now it's been, you know, 6 7 years, but in the last He's and now he is a dad. He has a kid, and he has become my father in a good in the good way in a good way, but in also the way where it's like this is not 
exactly. You were more fun. Now you're kind of a little bit more like, but he like slid into it in a way where he like took on the stress, took on the Jesus Christ, Joanne of it right. all. You know yeah. what I mean? And it was like, it was really weird to go home after a while and see that and like see him. And, but it, it turns out someone has to. <laughs> yeah. Like someone needs to step up and fucking make shit happen. And I, I've, I'm the, I'm now like, Despite being the oldest and, you know what I mean, I've been married the longest and all that stuff. But now I'm like the child of the family because I live in California <laughs> and I rent. Even though my youngest brother and is I like, <laughs> my youngest brother is like a fucking uh, handsome, like st- stud uh, male bimbo. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Oh. And he lives with my mom and I'm still like the child of my house. <laughs> I mean, it's weird the dynamics that come out, right? Like, yeah, it's like it's like the weird power vacuum. Like all of a sudden, it's like someone needs to step up. Turns out, dad did everything. Some someone needs to step up and yeah, do that's that. That's fascinating. My mom, my mom left handwritten instructions that she taped all over the house, so we would know what to do. And that, are you gonna cry? No, that's so sweet. It was though. really sweet. I mean, it's. I can only imagine what that was like for her. That's when I, I'm like putting myself in her spot. I mean, of just she like, was so practical in a way, but it's like you know the light bulbs are the light bulbs for the downstairs bathroom are these ones, and then she was like, for if the AC stops working, call this number. I mean, it was don't you just be everywhere. Like, don't you want to be like, mom? This don't worry about this with your last minutes, but then also, is it what makes her happy? Is it what I makes think her it comfort? probably made her feel um, yeah. like she was taking care of us. Right. And right. could, and she, like, she just was. Um, she knows what she did. She knows what she, what was she required ran, of her as yeah. part of the family dynamic. She ran that place. I mean, we were all literally like flailing idiots after she died. I mean, it just oh, yeah. felt like I was untethered because I'm, I was, a, I'm like a woman child and I, my mom told me how to do everything even now i like want to call her because i don't know what to do with my kids and it's like i don't know how to do anything by myself yeah like i don't know shit about like cars or insurance like yes that you kind can of live, shit. You can, and also here's the crazy thing you can live in new york city turns out and never really learn a lot because like everything yes. is it's done for you by the city it's so much stuff is done for you by the city because you can't afford to have a home you don't have a yard you no. don't have anything you don't have you're, a car yeah you, you call someone if anything goes wrong in your apartment because you're paying fucking through the nose to live there very true so you i didn't realize that i moved to la and my fucking car doesn't start one day and i'm like yeah. i don't even know what i did i call the fucking you know you get like the on whatever the uh, roadside assistance they come over and they're like your battery's dead yeah it's embarrassing you just need to jump and i'm like yeah no i knew that and i'm like <laughs> if i had my dad was alive like i blame yeah. a lot of me not knowing how to use tools and stuff on my dad dying i think it's true i mean you it, it, there's a weird would you have ever learned that stuff were they alive i don't know that's I not what know. matters right like but maybe if i was it. out here and i was like dad i'm thinking about getting this car it's a v6 do, do you know any like i yeah. don't even know what any of that means but like my, my dad would have known you know and that would have been a way for you to have a relationship it would have been something to talk about yeah yeah i and i, I think my dad would have loved the idea that the comic book movies are out now i think he would have like like I th- like I think he would have been pumped to be like, Jody, this fucking Spider Man movie's crazy, you know. <laughs> like he would have liked Thor Ragnarok. I can't wait. For I don't Thor know Ragnarok. what any of that means. Oh, okay. I mean, well, <laughs> I know I know Ragnarok was an improv team at UCB. Well, they're named for like the afterlife for Viking warriors. Turns out, and I know who Thor is. Whoa! I mean, well, the Norse god of thunder. Chris Hemsworth. Uh yes. Yeah, the I, hottest I, of them all. Is he? I he's think my Liam favorite. Is of better. Them. What? Liam Hemsworth is better than. Oh wait. Of the Hemsworth brothers, you like Liam the best. The I one do. from Westworld? 
I don't. I never watched it. The one who dates Miley Cyrus. This is how I know who people are. Who they're fucking. Wait, in LA. one of them was in Hunger Games. Is that the that's one? That's Liam. That's the one I. That's the one you're thinking of. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's the an one. older brother who's like an yes. Australian. Yeah. Yes, I'm familiar. No, I'm with a him Chris too. Hemsworth guy. I was thinking amongst just the Avengers. Oh, oh, okay. So are you? That means are you a uh, Ruffalo? I mean, yes, yes. He would. It, or what is this? Or, like fandom or who we would like hold hands with? <laughs> yeah, I'm asking who would you? You know, classic conversation. Who would you hold hands with out of the <laughs> Such Avengers? A Puritan I'm from Boston, where we <laughs> well, don't have. It feelings. is weird for two married people to say, "Oh, are you talking about which Avenger would you fuck?" Right. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> I. I realize also that Scarlett Johansson is one of the Avengers, so maybe I should oh. slide away from. No, I would make out with her and yeah. Mark Ruffalo. He's Mark very Ruffalo. environmentally conscious, conscious, yeah, very he, sensitive. I, he'd be the hottest dude in Crown Heights. <laughs> yeah, he would. He's really definitely released a statement on like the sexual harassment crisis, and of course, yeah, he's course. great. He's great. It's only a matter of time that we find out what that sick fuck. Well, did. this is the nightmare of of that situation. The lady doth protest yeah. too much. <laughs> I mean, and to be honest. I relish in uh, people getting outed for their hypocrisy. Like, I, There's a lot of it. Yeah. I'll, I love when people are like, you know, trust women, this, that, the other thing. And then like a couple of weeks later, something comes out about them and you're like, oh. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of like self-proclaimed male feminists who also have assaulted and abused women. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Glad we got on this topic. <laughs> We're covering all the funny stuff, guys. Hey, problematic topics. The two people who should not be talking no, about them. Nope. The but, uh, guy who's most likely to slip up and say something incorrect and the woman who are, is- Are you, though, or is that your, like, a character game a little bit for yourself? I think I, I like to say problematic beliefs. You know what I mean? I think I, think I hold some- uh, I find myself feeling more and more- old school as you get older i feel like as the world is changing i'm like really and then i'm like well and then i remember like hearing my parents say really and then i'm going yeah sorry that's life now yeah and so then i have to like retroactively go i'm in my head i'm going really but at the same time yeah i mean it's not up to me right <laughs> yeah. like yeah I, I but mean, there's a lot of like i could easily like plant my feet on some topic and just be like this is what we're gonna fucking do now and then i like I would be wrong. I like knowingly be wrong, but yeah, old people. I, I feel like in my old age, I'm just turning, I'm becoming more tuned into how to be like a better progressive person. Oh, but I feel that way about like pop culture and music Oh, where there was something that happened where I was like, I firmly don't understand this phenomenon and I'm not a participant. Like I, I'm, I'm now I've aged out of the conversation. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a put your phone down kind of guy. And that makes me feel, that's when I feel old is when I'm like, babe, put your phone down. We're watching a movie. It's like, put your phone down, watch the streaming service up here. I can't. It's very hard for me. I'm the same way. Are you? Yeah. I have to IMDB everybody and everything that I'm watching. That's so funny. Yeah, Anthony is finally, I think, at peace with it because it would make him nuts. But yeah, I was watching Stranger Things last night and I had to IMDb every single new person who's on Stranger Things. That's so funny. I can't, it drives me fucking crazy. I I often, if I'm like super high and not very into what I'm watching, I'll end up finding myself looking at my phone and be like, oh, I missed a bunch of shit. You miss everything. Phones are worthless. They're awful. My wife, Tiff, insists that she can totally, she's like, I'm watching it. I'm like, you're looking at your phone. I, I saw the whole thing. And th- then sometimes I'll be talking to her and she's on her phone. And I'm like, babe, look at me. She's like, I can hear you. And I'm like, this is... Re-. And that's when I feel old in those moments when I'm like, put the fucking phone down. Yeah. My six-year-old 
has asked repeatedly for a phone. She wants Oof. a phone. That's that's got to be the craziest. I I can't imagine. I mean, I'm gonna have to deal with it, but like phones and parenting, where it's like, I don't know if I need you to have complete access. Here's to the the worst part, because we're not gonna get we're not gonna get her a phone. No. She, they might we the one thing we are actually good about as parents is limiting their small screens. Like we they watch TV, but they never use iPads. They use them on plane trips, and that's it. Or road trips, but um, right. You save it like a good, uh, yeah. like a Kong for the dog. Yeah, like, exactly. I need I you to be quiet for six hours. Here you go. Here's yeah. the highest dense treat I can find. That's it. I mean, iPad. and it works because they fucking love them. Right. But imagine you—they had like iPads in their room with them or something. I mean, but kids do. But the worst part I have found lately is being like, you, you, you know what? Screens aren't good for you, and you don't actually need one. And I would rather have you. Like, it's okay to be bored. I run this whole spiel, but then I'm staring at my phone all the time in front of them and. And sooner or later, they're going to call me out for the hypocrisy of it. So either I need to get better about being on my phone or I'm going to have to, you know what I mean? Like right. there is, or you can just be a hypocrite because you're the fucking parent and that's But that was your, like my biggest problem with parenting was the, the hypocrisy. hypocrisy. Yeah. As I said earlier, I have such an issue with that. Yeah. It's going to, it comes up. It's hard. It's hard. I could see, I, I, hey, I have no idea how to parent or anything like that, but I would say couldn't hurt for you to put your phone down. Me personally, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, it could. It, 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 I am a true. I'm a hundred percent addicted to my phone. It's really bad. Oh man, yeah. What what it, games, apps, or it's like refreshing um, social media. It's social media. I find myself going in the current climate. I find myself going to Twitter for comfort, but also for rage porn. So I was I do, was off Twitter for about four months. Like I gave. Uh, my login and photo my husband and made him change it because I was so addicted that even if I like logged out or deleted off my phone I would still find a way to get on it and so I was really off it and it was the happiest I've been in a long time yeah you find yeah. your you, you used to log on and follow comedians to laugh now you follow like knowledgeable liberal progressives who are just pointing out like all the shit that's wrong I mean, with what's going on just a constant I have to hold myself back from replying to Donald Trump Jr. all the time. Right. Like, what fucking purpose does it serve if I yell at Donald Trump Jr.? I know, Tiff gets in there. She's like, I'm just writing back to some of the stuff Trump said. I'm like, why? Who yeah, cares? I know. There's there's a, it's But not does, productive. if it makes you, if it's cathartic for you, then who am I to say anything? I, but, it's not, it's more, at the end, I'm like, why did I let myself have this moment meltdown right. publicly? Yeah, I feel like and I have not, to, I've been trying to limit it for that same reason too. Where like, it used to be the things I hated about social media were like the hacky fucking thirsty shit my friends were doing. And now the shit I hate about it is that I look at it and I just get riled up about the state of America. Where I was like, yesterday America was the exact same way and I was less personally upset because I just didn't know every step of the way of like how, how he reacted crumbling. to Bo Bergdahl, how he reacted to this. How he... Yeah, and ultimately you knowing those things is not going to... Um bring change like th truly if you want to like bring change in the world you should be registering voters and right going door to door and canvassing right there's like this intermediate step where you can keep yourself informed and angry and you sort of yeah dc and i talked about this one time where it's like you can easily set yourself up and lie to yourself where you establish what you consider getting things done like for example a lot of with writers and, and comedians and stuff, you can kind of trick yourself into thinking that watching movies or watching Stranger Things is something you need to do. Totally. And it, and it arguably kind of is, but then there's like, that pendulum swings the other way. 
I think Patton Oswalt's book was called Silver Screen Fiend, and it was about when he moved to L.A., he wanted to be a screenwriter and a director, and he got really addicted to watching movies, and then it like ruined his life. Like He was like a writer on Mad TV, but was like, cutting out early to get to the new Beverly to go see two, oh, really? to go see, like, two Japanese. It's really interesting, and it's like, I could see how that, that's what like that Twitter thing is to me where it's like, oh, I'll read everything Seth Abramson posts or whatever and then get all riled up and then not actually do anything because I feel like I You've did, done my, something. Yeah, I did yeah. my little part. Yeah. Also, um, uh, Twitter actually doesn't do anything. Like I made the excuse of like, I have to get back on Twitter. I got to promote my book. I need to be engaging with people, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it's like all it's doing is getting me riled. Yeah, I was talking about this the other day with some friends. It's like, there's going to be nobody that signs up for Twitter today who rises to having a million followers. I don't, yeah. yeah. I don't even know. Like, we lived a luxurious life on social media under the Obama administration. Right, but even like, you know, like, there'll be no Rob Delaney now. The only other no, person you're who... you're right, you're right. The only other person... Kelly who, Oxford, right. those people, yeah. You can't come up on Twitter anymore. It's too inundated. Yeah. And just, the only thing that cut, like... Only right now, everything that people care about is political on Twitter. Yeah, yeah it's it's bizar- it's yeah. bizarre. Oh, I could see it's it's very it's very addictive. And then you're like, oh, five five new. You like scroll down for a while, and then you're like, here's here's something. This is when I get really upset, and I have to put my phone down. I'm reading Twitter. I get really far down, and I'm like, oh, this seems like something I may have read yesterday. Then I refresh and there's like 25 new posts or whatever. So I read all those, then get to the stuff I just read. And I'm like, just read this. Yep. And I go all and the way through fresh. back down to the thing. And I'm like, yeah, but did I really read this yesterday? And then I'll like, I'm like, I'm just rereading quotes on my like, oh, Krang T. Nelson says blank, you know. <laughs> Krang T. Nelson? Yeah, I mean, he's actually a very great follow. Uh, if, we, if Follow Friday still exists, I highly recommend following <laughs> at Krang T. Nelson. He's like a lefty shit poster you know he's like constantly baiting alt-right people into i'm gonna give my follow friday to at electro lemon demi adichie oh, fuck, he's yeah. the funniest person on he's twitter. so good and on a, twitter and a funny person yeah he's so funny in, in person life, but uh, boy he's fucking hilarious the dude is funny yeah, yeah that <laughs> at guy. electro lemon well we did it we gave people some ffs yeah hey f- f- uh, throwback thursdays uh f- flashback fridays and follow fridays good news about our dead parents they could never have been on twitter my mom is a nightmare with Facebook. Thank God my I dad know. died before. Because my dad got really into like emailing. He would send an email. Like he would email a link and be like, uh, uh, love dad, L-U-V, comma. Oh. And he was like, he was like trying to be hip. And it was like, all right, pump the brakes here. Man, he... uh, let's, uh, we can call it here. But Kate, tell us a little bit about your book. It comes out November. Oh, it comes out November 21st. It's a real book that you can buy on a Kindle or buy in a bookstore or I'm recording the audiobook so you could even listen Ooh. to the audiobook of my voice. This it, episode will come out on the 9th so it comes out the week after. Perfect. But you can pre-order it. You can pre-order it, right? Pre- pre-order we it. We already have it pre-ordered. Oh, God bless of you. Of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's about uh, grief and death and losing my mom but it is also funny because right, yeah, there's so wrote, much funny yeah, yeah. shit that comes along with death. Oh, and hell yeah. Yeah, so it's it won't be the most depressing read you ever have in your life. It will hopefully make you laugh. When Tiff's dad died, I sort of was there for... All, it was in hospice. Yeah. He was dying of cancer. He was like a hardcore, blue-collar, tough guy dad. Mm. Tiff has two younger brothers. It was so similar to my dynamic. I got there and I was like... It felt like... I felt like Neo in the Matrix. I was like, oh my God, I know exactly how this is going to go. Yeah. And I started just being like seeing, and I was like, get prepared for this. And I'm like, found all these moments of levity for everyone. And I was like, oh, I'm so 
thankful I'm here to be able to do this. You know, I'll, like the biggest thing no one ever tells you of when your parents die is like, get prepared to have to deal with every single person you've ever met looking you in the eye, crying and holding like yeah. your, your suit jacket just has aunt makeup all over it. <laughs> you know, like every, everyone would grab both your arms and go, Kate she was a wonderful woman and like look you in the eyes and you're like yes i who are you you're like the lady that she did pilates with you know i mean that was a fascinating it's so crazy how other people's grief is like they bring it to you you? and they're like isn't it depressing you're like yo i've been processing this for like six months the funeral is so far past me dealing with the death well my mom didn't want anyone at her funeral it was just her immediate family so i didn't have to go through that but i did have to like tell random people in her life like I had to call her trainer who she was really good friends with and I had to tell the dog groomer who cried and it was like and they're not it's not that they're being self selfish by having emotions but it was more like holy shit you have to relive this ex- right. grief over and, and, and people over don't know again. that and you're just standing at the wake in the receiving line as people walk past oh, man, you I'm so glad I didn't have to do come that. up to you fucking germ all over you tears and snot and like <laughs> coughing and holding your hands and like old random old ladies going he was a real sweet the big joke was he'd be like my, my they, they would be like to my mom and me he was the nicest man and the person would walk away and my mom would be like she she didn't fucking know john like my dad wasn't like nice like no one would have called him that some people were like he was the nicest we're like no he wasn't he was a monster <laughs> turns out he was nice to the fucking deli lady probably <laughs> yeah. i mean he probably was yeah yeah no I, I that's that's having it's exhausting having to be that person when you're also grieving and it just is what happens it's just you are that for a lot of people i know but it's made me more self-conscious when someone else is uh, i know someone else is going through something i'm like i've got like the exact dynamic of like you let me know if you need anything from me i'm here for you thinking of you later yeah (laughs) Yeah. you give them space and i throw a smoke bomb disappear (laughs) (laughs) are you kate likes you on twitter i'm not no. That's my AIM. No, you can keep it in. That's my AOL handle for when I was on Instant Messenger. Oh, Instant Messenger is dying. I know, but you know what? It's good because with it go all my embarrassing screen names. One, the first one I tried, my first one was DVD Sky 420, which is a fish reference. Also, I don't My smoke first pot. one was Surf Rat 69. Oh, that's awful. That's <laughs> awful. What does that even mean? Uh, a surf Rat was like a young kid who was into surfing, which was me. And then 69 was, I must have just learned what oh it was. Oh my God, that's terrible. <laughs> I wore number 69 in my ninth grade soccer. Uh, On purpose? Yeah, I chose it. Oh, and gross. My dad I would have like, been so scared of you in high you school. You should have been. Oh, I was gross. gross. And I didn't even fully know what it was. I just like knew it was sexual. Like, yeah, I know. It was oh man, I went to an all girls school for a reason oh yeah just luckily. to not have to for know 69ing that that was- only for 69ing that's why i went chicks can do it too it's <laughs> 2017 <can't. laughs> women doing it for themselves um what what's your twitter handle it is at kate spencer i'm at kate spencer on twitter instagram um and either follow you there uh and then be prepared for you not to post for six months at a time i am tweeting follow me <laughs> if you want to talk to somebody about your grief i love talking to people about yeah, it if anyone Always like and that's usually something we do on the episode if anyone wants to tweet at us about their dead parent story or something that goes along with like what we're talking about with like any advice you can give to friends or people yeah, dealing with it i love it, it. I love tweet at both it. of us i'm at john gabris no h's she's at kate spencer no h's and any of those either um 
The book is called Dead Moms Club. The Dead Moms Pre-order Club. it now on Amazon or, or whatever gets Kate the most uh, royalty high. Yeah, I mean, if you love an independent bookseller, go that way. But I think Amazon is the Amazon's going to be the way. Hopefully, people are listening to this on their phone and just opening up Amazon while we're talking. It's so Ideal. easy. It's so easy. Um, you're getting that fucking high and mighty bump, sweetheart. Oh, girl. <laughs> Thank you. One lunatic. <laughs> I'll take it. I will be in good company. Kate, thank you so much for coming on and having a, what could have been a depressing conversation. I think we kept it light. I feel like we have these conversations all. Also, I'm going to plug something that is so random, but once a month in LA, you host a show called Shut Up, I Hate You. Oh yeah, it's the best. One of my favorite shows to watch and definitely my favorite show to be on. I always am so nervous when I ask you because I ask you to do it so much, but you're a great guest. I could not convey more that it's like, and it's just people sharing their opinions on like shit that's gone on that month. And you and Anthony are... Two of my favorites, so it's so fun to do that. Yeah, come um, so check it out. If you live in LA, LA, check out Shut Up I Hate You. Buy the book. Uh, I'm at John Gabris on Twitter. Buy t shirts at gabris.com slash shirts. New shirts coming to the store soon. Oh, thank God. Listen to Action Boys on Patreon. Gotta and listen to Action Boys, Ben no- Rogers. November 8th launches mine and Lauren Lapkus's new podcast on Earwolf called Raised by TV. Legit excited about it. Love the promo photos you guys are doing. <laughs> Having a blast. Working with Lapkus is so exciting because she's, so she's very talented. But more than that, I've never worked with someone who cares. She's great. Yeah, she really does. She's like really I'm not, like she's like no, we should have cool pictures or we should go do something. I'm like, "Oh, to me I'm just like, eh, I don't know. We if I can put a fucking gif yeah. up." She's re- she uh really or- organized and helmed a book club I was in for many years. That she, makes sense. Yeah. It feels like she's like a uh one of those people who is good at making fun things happen. Yeah, she's she's like organized but also chill. Yes. Yeah. She uh would we call that the dippled attribute? <laughs> Katie Dippold, organized but chill. Uh, more organized than Org- chill. <laughs> Katie loves to organize things, but then torment you as part of the organizing when it is Halloween. I didn't pay for that Buca de Pepo meal like right away by accident. I totally forgot. And she sent me a picture of uh, Al Pacino as Scarface <laughs> sitting in a chair and said, give me my money. <laughs> I mean, the best, the Katie is, uh, Katie Dippold, if you don't know, is like, the star of one of the most viral photos on Twitter of her. I'm upset. I retweet it's, it all the time. It's her as the Baba dude. Oh, it's I, the best. Like so, sh- in that way, she's not chill. She commits really hard to her passion, which is scaring people. Yeah, her Halloween. house had like a zombie in the bathroom this year. Oh yeah, Aunt, my Anthony told me I couldn't go, but Anthony told me he went to go get the key to go into her house that was in a tent, and then when he got out of the tent, there was a man she had hired to scare people dressed as Jason. I mean, she just, I don't know, are we supposed to be revealing her secrets? I don't know. <laughs> well, here's the thing. She's a very talented, funny good writer. Friend. Good friend. Yeah, and she best. loves to scare people. And it's awesome. That yeah. <laughs> just, I like, we did a whole, a tiny mini episode about Katie Dippel. How we've great now she is. follow, we've now follow Friday at Electro Lemon, Crank T. Nelson, and arguably Katie Dippel. And maybe well. Lapkus too. <laughs> oh, yeah, also a great follow. Uh, but more importantly, me and Kate Spencer rule. Fuck everyone yeah. else. Screw uh, those people. Thanks for coming on, Kate. Thank you for having me. Bye, shitheads. That was a HeadGum Podcast.